to the Prophecy Club. We've been talking about earthquakes for the last couple of days. We're going to continue talking about them today. So, earthquakes in Bible prophecy. Yesterday, I talked about how, and I just called my wife in. Matter of fact, here, I just, just a few seconds ago, took her out into the garage and showed her how the chalkboard in the ceiling has moved and how the tape all across the ceiling in our garage has all been, how do I say, uh, it's, it's split. In other words, the whole garage ceiling has moved. And also explained yesterday how several of the doors in our house just in the last two, three years, they begin to move. And here this year, I've had to adjust them four times in the last six months, four times. And I also just mentioned, I said, this garage ceiling, the way it is, all messed up like this, this was not this way just before we went to Malaysia. This is just in the last three weeks that this has happened. Also talked about how we're seeing more cracks in the concrete all over the DFW area, meaning that I believe that America is moving. Then yesterday I went to, uh, let's see, it's HalTurnerRadioShow.com, HalTurnerRadioShow.com, and he had some carbon monoxide gas uh, shots from the weather satellites, and they're showing this carbon monoxide gas up near the oil fields of Pennsylvania, up in Harrisburg, Washington, D.C., up in that area. And I talked about that and read about that, but now here's the interesting part of that, and and I'm going someplace with this, so stay with me. All right, so this Goddard Earth Observatory System actually captured this imagery of this carbon monoxide gas spewing out of the ground in the atmosphere all along these geological lines. On Saturday, June the 8th, this GEOS-5 model satellite showed a major event taking place all up down the North Fall Line and the Rampo Fault Line in eastern Pennsylvania and New Jersey, which is located just, well, if you just outside of Washington, D.C., and then sliding down to Pennsylvania. If you just go a little bit west of there, then you hit the Appalachian Mountains. A little bit west of there, then you hit the great uh, Pennsylvania oil fields. Now, what's going on? Well, it also showed a small carbon monoxide gas gathering at Los Angeles. I believe that the prophecies are saying that there is about to be a giant earthquake hit America. I'm going to talk about that, what the prophecies say. First of all, I also covered this, which I'm just going to cover briefly, kind of as as background here. 1976, there was a great earthquake in China called the Tangshan Earthquake. It killed 242,000 people. Now, here's the interesting part about it. Two weeks prior to the earthquake, residents in several nearby villages noticed strange things taking place. In one village, loud hissing noises began coming from water wells. Residents saw water from the wells being forced actually sprayed up into the air under high-pressure air, they said. Other villages had the water levels suddenly fall. Others, suddenly, they began overflowing, these water wells. In other words, there were signs, but they didn't know what was going to happen. I also just played yesterday in in the broadcast clip, which I won't do again, this Los Angeles reporter reporting about how tar is seeping up through the ground, through the highway, through the street there, and, quote, a loud hissing noise is coming out of the ground. Okay, so what do you think? Nothing? Just ignore it? Now, let me tie this together. As you recall, July 10th, 2012, 
Pastor Shane Warren spoke to Prophecy Club, made a DVD. It's available at watchprophecyclub.com, in in which he said he saw the dollar blowing worthless as leaves in the wind, and then he also saw a major earthquake, a New Madrid Fault earthquake, and many entire cities crumbled. He heard a booming voice say, they divided my land, now I will divide their land. Meaning that when you see a financial crisis hit America, shortly after that, according to his vision, if it does happen in that order, would be a major earthquake. Well, I've got some information here that I was planning on reading tomorrow, and it's talking about how a major financial crisis is just around the corner in the next few months, he says. But let's let's stay on earthquakes today. This is from Prophet Leslie Johnson, my wife. July 13, 2008, I was looking down upon the central United States from a bird's eye view. I saw animals fleeing to higher ground, blah, 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 and goes on to say she saw an earthquake. Now, here's the point. He, she says, I was strongly impressed to look at a triangle formed by Lake Michigan, Lake Erie, and Tupelo, Mississippi. The Lord showed me an earthquake will take place somewhere between Lake Michigan, Lake Erie, and Tupelo, Mississippi, and I was impressed that Lake Michigan and Lake Erie will empty down to at least Tupelo, Mississippi, and perhaps further south. Now, if you do some research, there's a lot of visions out there about how America gets split, and all, I guess they probably pulled up 30 different ones. Some of them are really bad, some of them are not so bad. Okay, so what's going on? Are they not in the mouth of two or three witnesses? Here's the way it works with God. Some things he says that are going to be prophecies that you will not change. Like, for example, uh, Russia attacking America and defeating her in one day. You're not going to change that because that's found in six chapters of the Bible. You're not going to change that because the angel Gabriel, when he came to Dimitri, specifically said, Revelation 18, and Jeremiah 50, I believe it was 50, it might have been chapter 51, verses 8 through 15, specifically was talking about America. So that prophecy is not going to be changed. However, a lot of warning prophecies don't necessarily have to happen. That's what they are. They're warning prophecies. Let let me give you an example. Leslie was about to head out to go about a three-hour drive out west here. And she had driven off, and then she remembered she forgot something. She drove back up, and she had popped her trunk open, and she came in. She said, oh, I forgot that box. Can you put that box in the trunk for me? Well, as I was walking over to pick up the box, I saw a vision. And I mean, it was faster than the blink of an eye. It's almost like, did I see something? So I picked up the box. I walked out to her car that was still idling out just outside the garage with the trunk lid lifted up. And as I walked over, I saw the vision was exactly the way the trunk was. I set the, the box down. But what I had seen is the trunk was all like messed up. In other words, like it had been in an accident. So about that time, Leslie came walking out, and I said, hey, wait a minute. Before you leave, let's pray. Now, you know, when you pray every day, sometimes you think, okay, let's see. Did I pray? Have I prayed yet? I'm not. So sometimes you'll pray twice because you don't want to miss it, right? So we didn't take a chance. So we went ahead and prayed. Well, about an hour later, Leslie calls me. She says, oh, man, I was almost in an accident. I said, what? 
She says, this car went speeding by me. I bet the guy was doing over 90 miles an hour. And he hit some kind of road debris, and it flew up. And she says, I dodged it. It was almost going to come through the windshield. It hit the left quarter panel of the car. And also, she says, I just stopped, looked, and it also hit the left rear quarter panel of the car. We had to have the car repaired. Now, here's the point. I believe that what God showed me is that she was about to be in an accident. And if I had ignored that vision, then the maybe the debris would have gone through the windshield, maybe would have hit Leslie. Who knows? But because God warned us, we were able to stop it. Here, I tell you, here, I, I wouldn't plan on telling. Here's another example. So when we were in Malaysia, they put us. Uh, it's a long story, which I'll keep short. We uh, they put us in uh, a hotel that they put us up on the twenty fourth floor of a twenty four floor hotel. When we moved in, <laughs> had no hot water. We complained for, I don't know, probably 24, maybe 30 hours. Still got no hot water. And then finally, we got some hot water. They finally, there's a problem with it. It wasn't just our room. It was a whole hotel. Had a hot water. And so we were sitting in our room that night. And I heard this boom. And I mean, the whole room shook. Instantly, out of my mouth it came that was a boiler explosion. I don't know anything about boilers. I wouldn't know a boiler explosion from a firecracker. But it came out of my mouth. That was a boiler explosion. So we got real concerned. Again, that's about 8.30 that night. And it boomed a couple of more times. But, uh, you know, we didn't know that that was dangerous. Went on to sleep. So about 2.30 in the morning, I wake up, and Leslie is sitting up in bed. She's called Pastor Massey in the hotel room next to us, and she's saying, I lost my peace. I have lost my peace about this hotel, and we are moving out. We are leaving. First thing in the morning, we're getting out of here. I don't know what it is, but I have lost my peace. And Pastor Massey says, oh, no, those booms, that's, that's nothing. That's just storms. They have storms around here all the time. She says, I'm standing at the window now. I'm looking out, I'm seeing a nice full moon, and there's no storms. Really? Yeah. I don't know what's going on, we're moving out. So I went back to sleep and had this dream. I dreamed that I was falling like out of an airplane or something like I jumped out of an airplane. I looked down, I saw these trees. And as I fell through the trees, I grabbed a limb as hard as I could with both both hands. The limb slowed me down, and I came to a nice, gentle, I was standing on my feet. Standing down in front of me, was a like a, a a a bird and it was on a wooden spool about two foot high by about three foot apart across and i wondered why the bird didn't immediately fly, fly when i landed and then i looked and the bird's back was broken and the bird was just waiting for death to come then i stood and looked at the rest of what was on top of this wooden spool and there was all kinds of you know puffs of fur and hair and stuff like this almost like on top of this spool was a place, kind of like an animal graveyard, where animals and birds and whatnot go to varmints and go to wait for death to come. And then I saw that there was three little rabbits, and they were just scared rabbits. So I just reached my foot up and just pushed them off the, uh, the wooden spool that was going to save their life. And boom, I woke up. And I woke up, and I said, Leslie, I said, I just had a warning dream. I said, we got to get out of this hotel. we got to get out of this hotel quick. So first thing in the morning, now now here's what the dream was saying, I believe. 
I believe the dream was saying that the three scared rabbits that are in danger, that are going to die if they don't get off of that wooden, uh, wooden, wooden spool, represent me and Leslie and Sonia that all went to Malaysia together. Meaning, God was saying, get out of there or you're going to die. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that if we leave that the boiler is still going to explode. It means that the devil is after us. And he is trying to use the boiler to explode to kill us. So anyway, we left the next morning. So we're checking out. By the way, I said, I'm glad to see you got hot water on. I said, but you still got a problem with your boiler. And I said, it's been booming all night long, about twice an hour. We hear this big explosion. And I said, you need to get professionals here to really look at this because this is really serious. And we prayed that no one would be hurt. And he says, I said, but by the way, where is the boiler? He said, well, it's on the ceiling. Yeah, I would say, you know, like on the roof. Well, we were in uh, the 24th floor. So right above us was the boiler. So I called this friend of mine in Lubbock, Texas, that is a, a plumber. And I told him what was going on. He said, oh, man. He said, Stan, that's, that's real serious. He said, man, I can't tell you. There's thousands of people killed every year because boilers explode. Hot water heaters and the like. He said, you got to get out of there. I said, we're, we're out. We're out. He said, man, that's real dangerous. That's real dangerous. Now, here's my point. My point is. When God gives a warning, when God gives a prophecy, it doesn't always come to pass. Sometimes he doesn't want it to come to pass. He didn't want Leslie to have an accident with some kind of road debris coming up, blowing through her windshield and doing who knows what kind of damage. He didn't want Stan, Leslie, and Sonia, and also Pastor Massey, to have been the presence of some kind of a big boiler explosion. Now, we never heard that the boiler actually exploded, and probably it didn't. Probably it was just the devil coming after us. But what I'm trying to say is sometimes things happen that are prophecies that cannot be stopped. Sometimes they are warnings. And if we pray, we can pray them away. We can pray them to soften or to delay. And sometimes we can change the situation. Now, I believe with this earthquake, to a certain degree, I'm going to say it is going to come. There's too many people saying an earthquake is going to hit America to say you can just blow this one off. So I think an earthquake is coming. However, here's the good part of it. I believe if we pray, we can cause a softening and or a delay. Now, that's the reason we have fast track, among other things. It's not just praying for America. It's praying for this ministry. But part of what we ask you to do is to pray away these kind of things. So if you want to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem, if you want your prayers to count for more, then what you want to do is join the fast track team. You do that by going to prophecyclub.com. Here's my guarantee. Uh, First of all, I, and only I, am the one that sends you an email every Tuesday evening. And it comes directly from me to you. And I promise I never ask for donations. I never send product offers. It's not about money. If we never see a dime from you, that's fine with us. What we ask you to do is to fast and pray. So we ask you to fast from Tuesday evening midnight to Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Now, typically that's the fast. And then we ask you to pray the same prayer. It takes about two minutes to pray through the prayer. And you can quit anytime you want to. I never ask for you to give donations or send product offers. And it is only about fasting and praying. And let me just say, every Christian, if they're not fasting and praying, I'm going to say at least on a monthly basis, really it ought to be on a weekly basis, they're missing the most powerful thing in all of Christianity. 
You remember where Jesus said, these come not out, but by prayer and fasting. Fasting and prayer is our most powerful weapon against the evil and the things that we don't want to come to pass. Now, let's jump on to earthquakes. I also covered this yesterday, but I've got something else I want to get to, so I've got to try to get through it quickly here. July 1, 1994, Dmitry Dudeman had a dream, and it was dreamed about uh, an earthquake. However, here's the part I want to get to. He says, as much as I have blessed America, that is how much I will send destruction. I will send storms, heavy rains, flooding, earthquakes, hurricanes, and tornadoes because I want them to see my power and know that without me they can do nothing. They trusted in themselves and in their own strengths. This is why I will punish this place. The earth moved as if it was on water. The people lived in complete terror, each one yelling louder than the other, not being able to understand anything. The earth shook so violently that I was unable to walk. Now, many times I have wondered, Lord, what is going to be the event that's going to bust the bubbles? Bust the bubbles of all of those pre-tribbers that have sometimes been lied to, sometimes have been willingly ignorant, sometimes have been willing to believe something that their heart really was telling them is not true. What is going to be the thing that is going to bust the bubble? The longer I go along, the more I think that this earthquake might just be the bubble buster. Look at what he's saying. He's saying, because I want them to see my power, because I want them to wake up from their slumber, wake up from their sleeping. Well, what is it that's causing the church to sleep, my brothers and sisters? Those that do read prophecy, why the pastors tell them, oh, you don't have to worry about that. You're going to get sucked in the air. You're not going to have to go through any of that. Go ahead and go back to sleep. You see, the prophecies are there to wake us up, to put the fear of God in us, which is a good thing. But because the churches are run by pastors, and they're not balanced with the fivefold, and that's a whole other broadcast there. They, they want to keep everybody safe and warm and comfortable. I understand that. I mean, I do too, so to a certain degree too. But I also have to understand, as you have to, is that truth is more important. Now, let's go back and look at those six things. Storms, heavy rains, flooding, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes. Out of the six listed, we have already seen Five of the six. Have we not seen storms, heavy rains, flooding? Have we not seen hurricanes and tornadoes? So the only thing out of the six we have not seen is an earthquake. Have we seen big storms? Yep. Big rains, big flooding, big hurricanes, big tornadoes. Yep. Everything. Five of the six we've seen. Big ones. But have we seen a big earthquake? No, no. Well, we've seen little small ones. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying big earthquakes. So I believe that here very shortly, a big earthquake is going to hit. Now, I don't know, maybe I should talk about the rapture, but I believe that this, and this is the angel speaking to Dimitri. And he says, I will send great plagues over America that they may wake up from the sleep with which they are sleeping and from their self-reliance that they may see their pride and boastfulness. Brothers and sisters, they're trying to wake these pre-tribbers up. Now, I, I, I love a pre-tribber, okay? I love the mid-trib, I love the pre-wrath, but they're just misunderstand. All right, here, let, I mean, I, I'm not going into all the pre-trib stuff, but let, let me just give you this one story. So, I lived in Kansas for 22 years. Now, 
today we use modern equipment, modern like Roundup. You know, we spray the ground, and so everything is dead in the ground before they plant, and then they wait so long, and then they can plant in that, and then they plant uh, these seeds that are already resistant. So pretty much today, the farmers only get 100% wheat, but it didn't used to be that way. Here's what it used to be before Roundup came along. Remember Jesus said that uh, a sower sowed the seed, and then in the night, an enemy came in and sowed tares, which are weeds, among the wheat. And they said, should we pull up the tares? He said, no. If you pull up the tares, you'll also pull up the wheat with it. Let both, now this is key. If you want to understand when the rapture takes place, here it is, plain and simple, right out of the mouth of Jesus. No, let both grow together until the harvest. It didn't say one of the harvests. It didn't say one of the three or four harvests. It said until the harvest. And the harvest is on the one day. It is the feast of trumpets. In the evening tide they are. And in the morning, they are not. It is one day, one evening and one morning. So what the, the farmer in Kansas would do, they waited until the harvest. And the heads of the wheat, because they had fruit, were heavy and they bent over. Whereas the tear seeds, the, see the tares and the wheat, when they're growing up, they're among the wheat. They sat on the chairs, or the, the pews next to them. They work at the factories next to them. They look like them. They walk like them. They talk like them. You can't tell the difference between a tare and a wheat until the harvest. Because during the harvest, as I said, the wheat bends over. But the tares, their seeds are very small. And they stand up straight. And they're actually easy to spot in the harvest. So what the farmer would do is go out there and carefully walk through his field pulling up all of the tares, and they're easy to pull up, easy to spot in the harvest. Then he would carefully pull them out, throw them into fire, and burn them. He wanted to make certain he got every seed, because any one of those seeds was actually very bitter. Even one little tare seed getting into the wheat ruined it. So they were more careful to see that they got the tares out of the wheat than they were careful to get all of the wheat into the barn. Matthew 13.30, gather you first the tares, bind them in bundles, cast them into the fire. Then gather my wheat into the barn. The barn is the New Jerusalem, the golden city, 250 miles square, made of pure gold, transparent as glass, clear as glass. So there is no pre-trib, there is no mid-trib, there is no pre-wrath rapture. No one is going anywhere. What you have to do, my brothers and sisters, is make certain that your name is in the book of life, and only those people whose name is in the book of life will resist the beast. But there's a lot of blessings for those people that do resist the beast. This is the grandson and interpreter for Dimitri Dudeman. He says, I dreamed I was in a hotel room asleep when the bed began to shake violently. Suddenly, I was no longer in bed, but high above San Francisco Bay looking down on the Golden Gate Bridge. As I watched it, it began to shudder and break apart and fall into the waters below. I continued to watch the devastation, seeing buildings collapse and masses of people trying to find shelter. Then a voice spoke out of the heavens, a voice I had never heard before, a voice of great authority. And it said, I will shake this land from its foundations, such as the eyes of this generation has not seen. The world will stand in awe and tremble in fear, even as the very geography of this nation will be transformed. My wrath is ready to be poured out, for sin has overrun my temple. 
I woke up trembling, unable to breathe, and tired as I was, I could not go to sleep again. Shortly before sunrise, my phone began to ring, and when I answered it, it was my brother Daniel. Are you awake? Yes. I had a dream last night. It was a terrible dream. I dreamt a great earthquake came to America. When I told him that I'd had the same dream, he was silent for a time and then said, I'm coming over. We can pray. He had just arrived at my apartment. The phone rang. It was another brother about 20 kilometers away who was prophetically gifted and has spoken many words over me that have come to pass. Is this Mike? When answered in affirmative, he said, I had a dream last night. I felt I needed to call and tell you about it. I dreamt of a terrible earthquake in your country. I saw a big bridge that just collapsed. I saw destruction as I've never seen before. Does this mean anything to you? It took me some time to find something to say. I was speechless. I couldn't find any words to say because on the same night, three different people had the same dream with vivid details. Knowing that the brother had had a prayer group and met nightly, I asked him to remember America in his prayers. Brothers and sisters, I believe that we are very close to two things happening. I'll even say three things happening. I think we're very close to seeing over 100,000 people arrested. We are very close to seeing a financial change to some that's going to be collapse, to some that's going to be blessing. It's a financial change. And we're also very close to a massive earthquake hitting America. And that is a key. That is part of the fall of America. And that is my guess. If I had a guess right now, I'd say that's probably what is going to bust the bubbles of the pre-trippers. And then they're going to wake up and they're going to be scared little rabbits. And they have not prepared themselves. They don't know the prophecies. They don't know what is going on. And all of a sudden, they see that they have misunderstood. And I'm not blaming the people that are teaching pre-trib. I understand. I used to see it that way, too. It's a lack of information. By the way, if you'll get my book, my book does not talk about the rapture. It does not go against it. If you are a pre-tribber, you can read my book and get done and still be a pre-tribber. But also in my book, you will see the truth of how things really work out if you want to see them. So I would recommend you consider strongly getting my book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Let me tell you more about it. A couple of years ago, I began to memorize Revelation. Frankly, I didn't even think I'd be able to really memorize the whole thing. I didn't even start at verse 1. I started at verse 8 because the first seven verses look too complicated to memorize. But what happened was as I started memorizing it, I started getting revelations. We're talking about information from the throne of God. Matter of fact, I got 30 revelations and two visions and one audible voice. The audible voice, I'll go ahead and tell you what that said. The seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. Unquote. I heard an audible voice tell me that. Now, of course, I had it backed up with Scripture, and I do explain that in the book. But what I was shown is a single word found in Leviticus, links through time to the same single word in the book of Revelation. And that single word is first fruits. When you understand that word, all of a sudden the seven feasts given to Moses are actually a pattern, a pattern that plays out the last seven months of the world, starting with first fruits and ending and concluding with tabernacles. Those seven feasts are a pattern. They portray the way the prophecies of Revelation lay out for the first time. 
And so far, no one has been able to defeat me on this. I don't think anybody on planet Earth has been given the information in this book. Now, I'm not saying I'm something special. I'm saying it's the last days. I'm saying that God has given this extra information to the world because we are in the last days. Because the tribulation, seven years, is about to start. The beast is about to be released into the world. And brothers and sisters, you had better start knowing Bible prophecy. I'm called of God to teach Bible prophecy. You read my book, and I don't think you'll have a question about that. And I don't think you know anything that is in my book. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just trying to tell you, you get this book and you'll be really, really glad you got it. One for 20, five for 30, 10, 50, 55. One book for 20, but don't do that. You want to get five for 30. That way it gives you four books to just give away. Best deal is 10 for 55. And then really kind of a church deal is you can get a whole case of them. That's 60 books for a gift of $250. That way the whole church can just spread them around. You got other books to hand around to other people. One for 20, five for 30. 10 for 55, 60 for $250. You get it at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. The secret door to understand Bible prophecy. One for 25 for 30, 10 for 55, case of 60 for a gift of $250. Get the book, read it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your gifts of support. God bless.